Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, dreamers, to the Lucky Die. Previously, Balance gets a goodnight kiss, Ra likes jumping on the bed, Pintor jumps into the unknown, and Zoltana faces her worst nightmare. With the assistance of their alchemist friends, the group joins Zoltana in her dream as she fiercely fights to remove the mark of the Sandman from herself, and hopefully to save a debt. After a battle of wills, the Sandman performs the ultimate psychic damage. The only question we care about is, can Zoltana bring a debt back from the dead? I guess you're about to find out. Welcome back to the Lucky Die. If you slowly blink back into consciousness, um, Raoul, you're feeling super rough. Uh, it's it's like you have heartburn just everywhere in your body right now. It's super not good. Um, but I'll actually come through feeling pretty exhausted. Uh, whatever happened in weird-ass dream world, you're definitely uh, down on your side points. They have definitely been used. Uh Pintor, nailed it. Pintor, <laughs> your your lucky stuff is all gone. For whatever reason, it was happening in Dreamworld, but your luck for the day is out. And Zoltana, as you come into consciousness, you hear Benno yelling and uh, like shaking Odette's body. What do you guys want to do? Uh, dismiss my fire elemental. <laughs> um, as you were coming to. Uh, it, it wasn't around. Okay, good, um, good, good. You can, as you wake up, you begin to see there are scorch marks around. You see that Kythea's hair is like kind of smoking a little bit, but it's generally okay. Like <laughs> chaos happened, but they seem to have gotten through it. Balance has a sheepish look and then looks over to Sultana and looks over at Adet. 
Has it been a minute? No. Okay. Uh, Sultana's going to look up and be like, this is going to sound really weird, but does anybody have a diamond? Balance is going to reach into his bag and he's going to uh, underhand toss a diamond to Zoltana. I'm going to do revivify. Okay. Um, is the diamond worth 300 wear... gold pieces? It's 100 <laughs> for revivify, I think. No, it says 300. Wait, but I might have basically, written, yes. I might have written it wrong. <laughs> you, yes, it's a <laughs> diamond used it, for revivify. 300. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, specifically it was like a, as a definite, like, yeah. Um, you make your way over to a debt carrying this, uh, diamonds. Like you've heard tales way back in the day of paladins doing this sort of things. Um, you're going on a, on a hope and a prayer cause you've never done this before. Um, you just know the thing Tears just streaming down her face. All right. Your, um, her head is resting in Benno's lap and he's like, trying to shake her but she's not moving she's not breathing um that familiar heartbeat you normally have in your chest is is gone um being that you're a paladin being that this is i'm gonna say some sort of prayer-based thing for you what are you trying to entice tear to allow you to break through to the stalking what's your prayer right now bring her back to me she didn't deserve this i don't deserve this Benno doesn't deserve this. You know that she's she's good and this is not this is not how it's supposed to happen. As you say this and you're holding on to your symbol, you reach out and touch her shoulder. You look into her eyes and you see a sepia colour go over her eyes. You're the only one who sees this right now. And slowly you see these colours begin to merge across her entire body, her entire face. And then it begins to spread and everything around you begins to slow down in time. I need to ask something fairly important because it will determine who turns off their microphones and who doesn't. Are you taking someone through to the stalking with you? Ral. <laughs> okay. In that case, uh, Balance and Pintor, I need you guys to mute yourselves just so that peanut gallery <laughs> love you guys very much continue to comment as the game goes through we won't hear it but yeah as the world begins to go sepia colored for you your heart just like reaches out your spirit reaches out to Ral and Ral you feel that familiar feeling of being pulled being dragged into the stalking you too see the world slowing down around you everything turning a weird sepia color but then there's something different about this as everything stops and slows, and you guys definitely feel you're in the stalking, everything is much, much darker in Zoltana stalking. There is a thick, heavy mist all around you, obscuring everything but where you guys are and where Odette is. Where Odette was. Because as you look down, she's gone. It's just the two of you here in this frozen-in-time, mist-filled room. Zoltana? Oh, uh, hi, Ral. Don't ask me. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, Ral walks over and sits close by. As you go over to sit close to her, you realize that there's a person standing behind her shoulder. 
someone that Zoltana hasn't noticed yet. In your grief and in your pain, you haven't noticed that the screaming has stopped in your head. And Raoul, as you walk over, you see an elven woman standing behind her. You see your friend, the spectre, standing there next to her. He gives you a slight nod, takes a hand, and they fizzle out, just leaving you two standing there, or sitting there, next to where Odette's body should be. I, I've never done this before. I, I don't know how this works. Shouldn't she be here? Rawl is uh, wide-eyed and kind of drooling a bit of blood and looking around kind of equally, you know, confused. Take a perception check for me, please. Both of us are... Sure. It's a 14. 22. Damn. On your 22... As you look around, you can see that there are dark shapes in this mist. Humanoid shapes, some very tall, some very small. You can also see on your 22 that there are very tall, thin, skeletal creatures that seem to be moving in this mist as well, reaching out to some of these dark shapes and then just disappearing in a very, very light flash of light. You see one of these shapes making their way towards you. You can hear each step echo in this vast emptiness of this as you begin looking around, really realising that the walls have disappeared from what you've known. The ground has disappeared, you're just in this heavy, thick, dark mist. This creature is making its way towards you. It's moving fairly slowly, each step echoing. You can see wings begin to sprout in the silhouette making its way towards you. Are you guys going to flee, or are you going to stay? I'm, I'm staying. Uh, yeah, Rawl's going to point that out for sure. Um, kind of like tap you and start to get in a position where he's uh, able to run if they need to and try to help Zoltana up get into that position as well. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be up and running too quickly if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Um, you two make yourself ready for whatever happens, fight or flight. As the creature gets its way closer, you begin to see some of the features. It's very, very similar to your spectre friend, but at the same time not. It's a fairly short kind of creature. Now it's up, up close. It's still very thin. You can see its skeletal structure underneath very tight skin. You can see there are cracks in this skin, straight down to the bone. In their eyes, there is a dark, dark green glow. And you can see that its hair is just a scraggly mess of whites and greys. You can see that the robes that they're wearing are very similar to the mist. It's just a dark, kind of greyish colour, probably formed of mist. It reaches you, and it's probably only fairly slightly taller than Zoltana. They seem to be carrying a very big scythe on their back. You can see that on their knuckles, on their bony fingers, they are wearing very thick brass rings. You can tell if they're going to whack you with those, it's going to hurt. As they approach you, they say, 
You're neither of you dead yet. What are you doing here? I'm here to get my wife. You see the eyes look down at you almost sadly and they say, Your wife, what is her name? Odette Thunderheart. Odette. Yes, she's here. She was just about to make her way to the next place. She's coming home with me. <laughs> that will be for her to decide. But I will give you the chance to speak to her. But it comes at a cost. What is it? What's the cost? The question is, what would you pay to speak to her? Anything. It smiles and says, What are you willing to give up? Either of you. And your eyes kind of like flick over to Raoul again and look back at you. Look, man, I ain't going to ask Raoul to give up anything for my wife. You know, what do you want from me? Be be specific. I can, there's only so much I can actually give you. Do you want, what do you want? Like a finger? Take a finger. Do you want like 10 years off my life? Take 10 years off my life. Fuck, take half the rest of my life. Give me, a, no. you know, what do you need? So, no. Raw what? If, if you'll help me make it long enough to get Ama, I will do this. I might not last long enough anyways. You do not have much time. People have sacrificed their sights, their senses. They've lost the ability to wield weapons or artisan tools, languages, memories, strength. Looks at Ra. Their tolerance for certain pains. It doesn't matter which one of you pays the cost, but a sacrifice must be made for you to speak to the dead. I should pay it. It's it's Odette. What what do you want from me? Because I'm willing to give up any of those things that you mentioned. Just tell me what you want. I'm not creative. I'm not smart. <sighs> so Donna, you can't. I can't. Why can't I? Because you have to help balance. Right, but I can help balance, you know, without, you know, my ability to tolerate pain or like a finger or, you know, I guess I probably can't help him without my sight, but. The only thing I know I can resist is acid. I could give that up. Well, no, you'll die. Mm. You will literally die. You're being eaten up by your acid 
constantly, aren't you? Like, if you can't resist that at all, you'll literally die within three seconds. It is a cost that I could take. It's possible, Sadani. You can just help me stay calm, and I'll be fine. I'll make it long enough to get Ama back that way. Well, I... I can't ask you to do this for me. You... I'm offering. <laughs> do it. I, I don't know how I can accept Creature this. Creature reaches out. That's your life. Creature reaches out and taps Ral on the head. You lose your resistance to acid. And I don't remember what the alternate version is. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Neil. <laughs> but I'm actually crying. I will make you pay for this and it will not be an easy thing. With Raul being tapped on the head, Raul, you fade, you freeze in this moment. Sultana, standing before you, in that momentary flash, everything is replaced, and Adet is standing before you. She's bathed head to toe in a bright white-ish light. She's wearing long flowing white robes, and she has red cords wrapped around her wrist. Her injuries that she had when you met her just previously are all gone. She is possibly even more beautiful than the day you met her. Anna? Oh, that. It's really you here. What are you doing here? Come home with me, baby. I can bring you home. She rushes forward and puts her arms around you. I, I, oh, no. um, you know, hug her back. Anna, I, I, don't, I know. Don't tell me you can't. Anna, I, I, I can, but I, I don't want to. Why? She sits down on the ground just in front of you and pulls you down into a hug. And she says, I... I'm done. I've... I've brought back so many people. So many times. And she puts her hand to her ear. I brought back Tuck. I brought back Travos. I know things are supposed to end. This that's it's just that's the end of my true. life. You look, we all die. Obviously, you know. But this this Sandman bullshit, that's not how you die, Odette. Okay? That's not how this ends. That's not how any of this happens. If you're dying, you're going to die not being murdered while you're asleep, okay? You come back, and if you're going to die again, you die in battle or you die, you know, in a way that's fair. You don't get killed in your fucking sleep. Anna. That doesn't happen to you. Anna, I'm not a fighter. I've never been a fighter. You don't die in battle. I'm a healer, and I... But my, my point is, you don't die in your... You don't get murdered in your sleep. 
by a fucking demon asshole. Anna, I have the chance to become a goddess. What? The holes in the fabric of reality. They need healing. And if I go to Cicero, and I work hard, there's a chance that I can do some real good for this one. But why can't you do that later? Why can't you come back with me now? She puts her hand out to your face. She says, because my time on, my time is done. And this is how I can make a difference. If I wait, it might be too late. And I, there's so much more than just you and me. And I know that <laughs> this is really hard. I know that there's a chance that you are going to live a long, bloody life. And you're going to fall in battle because you're, you're my warrior. And I know that if I go to Cicero now, you might not be there. I might not be there when you get there. Might be where the gods are. But I have to do this. I don't. I mean, you're everything I've been fighting for. I, I don't know how to do this without you. I, last time I thought I lost you, I went off the fucking deep end. And like, in a really bad way. And I don't, I, I genuinely don't know how to do this without you. And, and Benno, Benno doesn't know how to do this without you. You're, you're my world. You will both find a way. When I thought you died, the world fell apart. I, I don't know if I can go through that again. You will. You will. You'll find a way. And you'll save this world on... on that level for everyone. Please. Anna. She puts her lips to your ears and very quietly she says, if there's anyone in this entire world that I have faith in, it's you. So if anyone is gonna battle through this world and fight to be a goddess like me, it's gonna be you. So if you want a reason to fight, fight for that. Because the world needs you too. And she pulls away. She says, and puts her hand over your heart, and she says, you're going to be okay. Because I'm always going to be watching you. So you do what you have to do with your life. And you find a way back to me. Because I don't want to lose you either. But sometimes it's more than us. And apart from that, Anna, I'm done. I'm so tired of this. She reaches out and kisses you.
And then the cold, hard reality sets back in as you open your eyes and you and Raoul are both sitting in the room as you'd left it. And you two can turn your mics back on. Oh, I'm so sorry. Fuck you, first of all. (laughs) But also that was really good. Back in the cold, harsh world. What do you guys want to do? How much time has passed in the world? Six seconds. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> As I was saying, Pont Pinto, I have total faith that we'll be able to get her back no matter what. It, I mean, oh. Um. No, that's a joke. That's a joke. Neil, cut that. No! Leave that in. <laughs> Take two. That's it. That's what Zoltana comes back out to. I make morbid <laughs> jokes whenever someone dies like this because I don't know how to cope. <laughs> and also, it's I better think than I know how to cope say. right now. Uh, Pintor, I would say, is checking in with Ronaldo just to make sure that what happened here while we were asleep, and then kind of glances over at Zoltana. Um, as uh, Zoltana like disappears and Raul disappears also from your view, um, Renala just holds you very, very closely. Um, she's very well aware of what's happening over with Adet. She's just glad it's not you. Why isn't she back? Benno's looking at you. She... She, she didn't want to come back. Like, Zoltana looks absolutely incredulous. Like, she's looking at her hands, like, confused. She she didn't want to come back. She said she was tired. She she said she was going to go become a goddess. I don't understand. <laughs> I tried. Benno, I tried so hard. I tried to tell her that... And that I can't do this without her. That I don't think you can do this. I don't know how. He reaches out and pulls you into a hug. And he's just holding you closely and he just he just says, I'm so sorry. My world is shattering all over again. Zoltana, I'm so sorry, little sister. You're sorry for me. I'm sorry. It's your sister. She's your sister just as much as she was my wife. I cannot do this accent when I'm crying. (laughs) I don't think you've been doing the accent at any point so far. It's okay. Keep just... It's fine. You're emotional. Go with it. She's, She's your sister just as much as she's my wife. Uh, he nods and pulls away a little bit and he just says we can't be fucking angry sorry my sister coming to goddess huh yeah apparently (laughs) should have figured I need to get out of here. Yeah. He stands up and he just bolts from the room. Um, The human 
guy who was helping you out very quietly slips out of the room as well. Are are Tuck and Elise in here? No, they were uh, back in the Witcher Society. Oh, that's right. Zoltana's going to um, turn to Ral and be like, Ral, what? I'm so sorry. I I really thought she'd come back. I didn't mean... Ral, like, is kind of... He's been sitting and watching and just observing. Um, and he just stands up kind of casually and walks over and gives you a hug. Aww. She hugs you, like, so fiercely. And then acid and blood starts pouring out of every orifice. Stop. He, he I'm is, genuinely sh- concerned that's going to happen now. He is shirtless. <laughs> um, Sexy. Kythea gives your hand a quick squeeze balance and goes over and puts her arms around those two as well. I'm so sorry. Just no words. I literally have no words. Come on, we should... We should get you somewhere. Just out of this room. Come on. She, like breaks apart and very carefully just like tries to get you to your feet it's okay I'll, I'll take care of everything I know how to make the rooms work in here I'll take care of her you, you go rest I have to give her a burial like oh my god she nods. the least has to do it because she's ill made it too oh god I don't even. It's okay. It's not a worry for right now. No, the worry for right now is what, Ral? You. I can't believe you did that for me. You. That's fine. No, it's not. I mean, it's incredible that you would. You don't know what. I mean, I'm sure you know what that means to me, but. Ral, what did you do? <laughs> For me to see Odette, one of us had to sacrifice anything. And Ral, instead of letting me sacrifice literally anything, Ral gave up his ability to resist his own acid. There's an audible facepalm from the back. From balance. <laughs> I... It will hurt more. That's fine. It's not something new. Okay. There's... I wasn't going to last much longer anyways. I'm gonna... I am going to help you find Ama if it's the last thing I do. He smiles down at you. She takes your hand and, like, squeezes it. That's all I want. You've got it. (laughs) Whatever I can do to help you find her. Thank you. Listen, you... You you got me a last moment with Odette. It's literally the least I can do for you. I'm glad that you got to do that. I know how important closure can be. 
<laughs> I don't feel like anything is closed. I feel like everything sucks. <laughs> I know that one too. It's weird when your wife decides that she's going to go become a goddess instead of coming back to life and being with you. It's a little... <sighs> Maybe you can help her. And then she's like, go fall in love, Zoltana. <laughs> like, thanks. You're literally dying in my arms right now. That's definitely what I wanted to hear. I'm going to go be a goddess. Go fall in love. Ha. <laughs> You should help her. She she smiles like, but like, in a very sarcastic and awkward way. I would tell Emma to do the same thing. Yeah, I'd probably. I'm, I'm not expecting to last after I bring her back. So, well, that's that. <laughs> so today sucks. <laughs> but uh, she looks at balance. What? Are you gonna tell Kaithia about, you know? But she says it low. I don't remember if Kaithia is still in the room or not, so. She is. Yeah, Kaithia is oh. with you. Yeah. She says it like, she like kind of like drags you off and like says it quietly. Like she wouldn't say it in front of Kaithia. One problem at a time, and I don't consider that a problem. I've made my decisions on that. Probably. The right decision. The smart decision, I think. What I think the smart decision in this case is the right decision. And she looks at Kaithia and she she smiles and she like walks back over to like Odette's body and just like kind of kneels down and goes quiet. Balance walks out of the room. And uh, goes to... He goes into the meditation room. Why not? Closes the door behind him and leans against the door. And uh, the meditation room is the kind of god room. Because uh, the meditation room was the test. No, he and goes into the is, test room. Yeah, so yeah, that, I think, I believe it's just a chair in there. Yeah. Yeah, just a chair in here. Uh, he goes in, closes the door and leans against it. And lifts his wrist up to his mouth and uh, with his other hand grabs onto the bracelet from mm -hmm. uh, Talvin. Yep. And starts uh, saying to it, We're in Falsum. Bring your... Call in every favor. Whatever necromancer, whatever resurrection... Abilities you have at your disposal. Whoever you know, whatever is owed. I need you to come here so that we can get Ninverna back. And I need to get someone else. You feel the message going off? But as usual, there's no like responding message. Mm -hmm. You know he's received it. Two ticks come up on WhatsApp. Like He's got it. After about, probably about a minute or two of just him sitting there continuing to just idly rub the bracelet, uh, goes back out into the hallway and goes back into the uh, alchemist room. Okay. Uh, is there anything anyone wants to specifically do before I roll forward to the morning? 
I need to have a conversation with Kythea. Okay, that's fine. Um, during the course of the evening, um, most people are kept out of this room one way or another. Um, people you know, people you don't know. Um, uh, Renala takes Pintor off back to where their rooms were back in the Witcher Society and fake it and uh, Tuck and Elise are filled in what's happening. And Balance, yes, you find yourself alone with Kythea at some point. Um, she's sitting out in the main uh, temple area where you guys first came in where all the broken pews and the, the, the still fountain where Guardian and Claws were. They're still patrolling around, but the broken pews have now been fixed and sitting upright and the fountain has been reworked. Um, water is now flowing again and she's just sitting on the edge looking at the water move. Uh, Balance will first off greet Guardian and Claus because it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a while. So he'll just, as he walks in, just be like, Guardian, Claus, it's been a while. Glad to see you're still doing well. Balance, good to see you again. And like, Claus just like wanders past and like rubs her like rotted face against the side of her leg with a Rosanna kind of like. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Good job to guard- they, on guarding this place so far. Uh, got, uh, Claus just like licks at your face. Just like. <laughs> Thank you. Happy to see you. Um, um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I need to have a private moment with the young lady at the fountain. If you could just try to stay out of your shot, please. Uh, yeah, I mean, Guardian, like at the very edges of the room, he's not he's not going to hear anything. Um, Claws like looks at you, looks at uh, Kythea tiefling, uh, tiefling version, and then just like sits in the doorway with her back to you. And then anyone who comes approaches, like she kind of like bounds on them and uh, keeps them at their bay. So, yeah. appreciated. Uh, Balance approaches Kythea and just kind of walks up behind. Um, I want to say that he goes to put a hand on her shoulder looks at her sitting in front of the fountain and gets almost like a very pained expression on his face and actually backs away and seems to be clutching his uh, his chest. Uh, she turns and looks up at you. She says, are you okay? Stupid question, I'm sorry. Uh, there's no such thing as stupid questions. Can we get away from the fountain? I'm... Uh, getting flashbacks. Sure. Um, she like gestures to one of the pews over in the corner. Um, it's by the the painting that uh, I think Raoul accidentally set off. Um, fixed, rendered, uh, etc. And yeah, she goes and sits down on the pew next to you. So there are a lot of things that happened. Um, I felt I should wait until after the whole thing with Odette before I mentioned she takes your hands in hers and she says whatever it is we'll, we'll get through it you can tell me anything we'll be okay 
I know we will. I will fight fiercely for this one small happiness. She smiles. My past is beginning to catch up with me. My brother showing up. My family disappearing. And a letter I received from an old friend. It seems that Queen Rowena has uh, not given up on her old tricks, on her wily schemes. And while I appreciated them when I was younger, and often we would get into hijinks together, I think she tried to pull one that I cannot get behind. The letter she sent me was for me to marry her. Uh, you feel Kythea tense up instantly. And I plan on declining. Oh. Why does she want to marry you? Because that's her game. That's... That's politics. She wants to use me as a way of defacing my aunt, the queen, of gaining favor with the elven people, I imagine. I can imagine that having me as an ally in general would also be of a great boon to her. That being said, uh, I'm not going along with it. I understand that this would be a very easy ticket for me to get back into the upper echelons of society, but I don't want it that way anymore. I lost the easy life that night 50 years ago. If I'm going to... If I'm ever going to somehow reclaim my throne, or perhaps create a new one, it needs to be off of my own work, my own merit. I want people that will follow me because I've earned it, because I've shown them that I am worthy of leading them. You want them to choose you. I want to lead by deed, not by blood. Uh, she smiles. She says, I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm really glad to hear you say that. I... It wasn't easy getting back here. There really is a fight brewing between the elves and the dwarves. We barely got out in time to get here. Talus and Caden are a little worse for wear, but they're okay. I think I know why she wants this. She doesn't want there to be a war. She probably doesn't realize what with all of this going on. We're going to be at war with something much, much bigger. Which is why we need to work quickly. And prove to both sides what is truly important. Life. Living. Enjoying the little things. If there's one thing I've learned in my short time out of prison, it's that I need to enjoy the small things that I have at my disposal. Because I don't know when I will perish. Whether it be hundreds of years from now, 
or days, weeks, minutes? Who can know? It's very true. I think my aunt is playing a very dangerous game, and I don't know why. I guess that's something we're going to have to figure out. All these people here. And she, like, looks over in the direction where Claus is, like, uh, playing with some small children and keeping them away. They're all in danger just because of who they are. The world can't afford to hate each other just because of who you are right now. There are much, much bigger problems. And she kind of looks up in the general directions of, like, the heavens. Much bigger fights. And things like this. And she squeezes your hands. It's so important. It's worth fighting for. That's worth dying for. Nothing else. We just need to make them see that. That being said... I'm not so sure that my aunt will be easily convinced. Those who live long lives often find it difficult to change who they are. It took me 50 years to become the person I am now. Who knows what I would have been like otherwise. I could have been just as bad as them. You're not. I would have been. I don't know what to do. I find myself saying that more often than not these days. As in regards to the letter, want to say back to her? Everything. <laughs> Every fucking thing. I feel like... <sighs> there is so much to do, and there are so many problems in the world. And I feel compelled to try to fix them all. We need to get the final two pieces for Monarch. We need to stop the apocalypse. We need to deal with this civil war that's brewing. We need to make it where these people here can live their lives unafraid. They have to hide down here. It's barbaric. It's insulting. And it just, it hurts me. As a person of this world, I can't, I can't abide by these atrocities. We're going to fix them. Just one problem at a time. Start with the little things first. I think on the grand scheme of that, the smallest thing would be me going and uh, dealing with my aunt then. Stopping the civil war so that we have two armies on our side. But that distracts us from getting the final two artifacts. It's the final three, by the way, I think. Shit. My brain is all convoluted. Three other pieces we need to get. That's even worse, actually, because we don't even know where any of the three are. Well, except for the one that's in the hands of Dacian, and if I ever see him, I'm going to kill him. Actually, no. Well. Fuck. Oh, God. Um, There are things... Uh, ooh. I'm remembering a lot of things right now. Um, so, would it be safe to say that you fill her in on all the details of your adventures? Yeah, balance suddenly gets okay. like, like shit. We'll okay, maybe there. I should probably start from the beginning and essentially tells Kaithia everything that happened. Uh, 
Lisbeth and all of that. <laughs> all right. I'm going to say that's probably going to take the good portion of the night. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. Um, okay. You guys, you guys fill each other in on your journeys. Um, she tells you that she uh, initially went up to Dust Plateau to go to the library to pick up, uh, to try and research on the treaty itself, as was the plan. Um, her, the entire point of them going to this point uh, place uh, as a double thing. Uh, she didn't get to it because there were scuffles that happened between the elves and the dwarves um, that herself, Caden and Talus only just made it to uh, a witcher society before like it was in total shutdown and utter chaos. There was a huge fight up there. Um, yeah, that's that's basically her filling in you on the tiny little details that were left. Also that she'd had met Pintor a few days before. Was a little surprised, but dealt with it uh, <laughs> um yeah yeah that's that's basically her filling you in on the details okay. uh okay uh pintor is there anything you wish to do this yeah, evening bucky's here oh hey yeah. i'm still here hi um sorry, sorry bucky. <laughs> sorry everyone is so sad right now I'm so sorry no it's uh yeah some stuff happened apparently welcome <laughs> i came at a bad time <laughs> thanks welcome v Hey guys, I'm here to help. Thanks, oh, V, for oh waiting a no. year to call me into this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my um, fault. These fuckers took one of the years to get back to Fausten. I wanted to ask, it's probably not the best thing, but while Balance was talking and saying all that stuff, mm -hmm. was there an easy place to potentially hide and eavesdrop? <laughs> Ooh, you have to get past a bear and a guardian. Just to listen, take nothing a, else. Take a stealth check. Come on, Claus. Come on, Claus. 24. Oh. Claus? <laughs> yes. Um, you are, like, you have to strain all of your muscles to hear what's going on. Um, and occasionally, like, the odd word here and there gets dropped and, and left out and some things you hear and some things you don't. You think you get the gist, even if you don't get the exact phrasing or the exact words. Um, you get the gist of what's going on. Uh, quite often, you trying to listen in really hard is punctuated by lots of, like... <laughs> in your general direction um and like children who are up way beyond their bedtime uh being chased into the into the common rooms by in the barracks uh, by their parents or by uh claws so i only really um, listen in to hear kind of to get the gist of who my brother is and then once they start like kind of breaking down that nervousness of i have to tell you something and they start getting more personal and like start going over each other's lives and what they've been doing through, I give them privacy and I leave. Okay. You have a vague gist of what's going on. Uh, other than that, so, I go back to my bedroom. Uh, Renala's passed out and I kind of sit at my desk awake for a while, kind of just mulling over what happened today as it was quite possibly the craziest day Pintor has ever had in his entire existence. <laughs> All at once. Um, this is just a no, Tuesday for us. From the <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's just a Sunday night for us. This is a good homecoming. 
This is literally a child um, walking into a room going, hey, and then a nuclear bomb going off. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. No, that's that's fine. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say because that was a real cheeky sneak stealth check. It's <laughs> probably taken up most of your evening. But the time you go back to, to the rooms, like you say, Renala is passed out and asleep. Uh, Thakit is kind of like pacing up and down the balcony, just gives you a cursory, like, stop. Um, and then also, like, goes to bed. Um, yeah, you pass a fairly sleepless night. Um, okay, Ral, anything you would like to do? Uh, no, Ral probably uh, sat in the room quietly with Sultana for a couple minutes after everyone else left and then gave her some privacy and probably just went to the Ilmater room for a while. And then... No, he's no rough day. So he's gonna uh, he's gonna actually not go see Bogram because also we've been talking on our own for like a very long time now. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll put Bogram put put Bogram off talking to Bogram off for now and uh, go. I guess back to the cart. Okay, okay. Uh... Oh, leaving. leaving. It sounds like something mean is at the cart. <laughs> I don't uh, know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's at the Vicious Society. What could possibly go wrong? Someone appears and it's set on fire. No. Um, hmm, what? You make your way over to the cart. Um, what are you doing at the cart, my dude? Are you just... Is this maybe the first time you've ever slept in the car? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, he's just going to curl up and sleep in the car. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I need to check one conditiony thing. Um, vulnerable. There we go. Uh, you are now vulnerable to acid. Wait, 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 wait. So he didn't just lose his resistance, <laughs> he now is vulnerable to it? He is indeed. Oh, Neil, you fucked up, dude. Now He's a very interesting up. character. All right. I needed to find the specific phrase of what exactly the fuck it was. I'm like, I know there's a word for it, and I know it's not fucked up by. Um, yeah, it's vulnerability. <laughs> vulnerability. Okay. Well, you go to the cart. You cut up in one of the beds or on the floor or underneath or above, whatever the state you're fancy. Uh, the ho- no, we do not have a hot There's a pool tub. on the roof. <laughs> we don't have Jacuzzi. a hot tub. Stop it. Stop it. Hey, <laughs> any any tub with Pintorin is a hot tub. Let's be fair. Hey. <laughs> Ral, you cut up in the RC on your own going to sleep. You have some pretty vivid dreams. They are unpleasant. They are flashes of a memory that you've had but have been desperately trying not to think about for years. There are flashes of a black dragonborn, you as a child, in the hospital. You remember bits and pieces, you remember a name. I am going to put my patron list now that I've said it. You remember flashes, you remember a a flash of a name of someone 
who was going through what you were, much, much older when you were very, very young, 10 or 11, just after you found out that you were sick. You remember the name Miaochi. You remember scales. You remember scales falling off, blood pouring from underneath them. You remember the sounds of dissolving bones and you remember this person throwing up thick chunks of blood. At the end of the night, when you've had your full rest, your eyes open a little bit, but you can't move. You feel your acid pouring down your nose, out of your mouth. You can feel it sliding underneath your hoodie and you can hear it now. You can hear it dissolving your scales. You can feel your chest getting very weak. You can feel your bones just don't feel right. Breathing becomes laborious, almost like you're breathing water. Your hit points are reduced to zero. You are unconscious as you have your first acid attack. Hi, it's Benno here. So my sister, she's not coming back. I feel like I've been here before, but this is so much worse. She died. My arms. I don't know what to do. First of all, I think we need to give thanks, firstly, to our newer patron, Fat Cat, Cat Vermulen. Thank you. And to Neil for the name Miaochi. If you want to help out, if you want to spread the good word and want to find out more about us, then you should check out our website, theluckydie.com. We could probably use all your thoughts and prayers right now. My sister's going to become a goddess. Zoltana's going to turn to Ral and be like, Ral, I'm... Hold on. Eh. (laughs) Uh Eh. Ral, I'm I'm so sorry. (laughs) That was terrible. What the fuck was that? That's, that's how that's I get how into she my accent. Don't all of you New Yorkers do that? That's what you do, right? You all go, eh. Usually I just eh. say, fuck. And then I get right back in. Like, fuck. <laughs> the fuck over here. Well. <laughs> Someone appears and it's set on fire. No. Um, what's... There's only three people I can think of right now that are very good with fire. <laughs> One of them is me. One of them's one of them not in town, town, and the third one is an egg. Who's <laughs> also not in town? Who's also not in town? Oh no! Yeah, the egg, the egg's gone with the uh, Homer. Yeah, oh, yep. that's right. So, yeah, as you get to the cart, one of those relics you were talking about just falls from the sky and lands in front of you, and you go, "Hey, oh, job done." That mysterious sixth one I forgot about. No, um, and then Dachin is standing on top of the cart, <laughs> just sitting. We all die. Like, Sitting, like leaning back, like print, uh, paint me like one of your your French women. Uh, like he's he's no, he's not oh doing God, that. No, please don't. It's not happening. 
<laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ready for that. that. Happening. You're not, <laughs> I am. I'm not prepared to paint Dachin like one of your French girls. My my character vision of this person is basically just handsome Jack from Borderlands. Me too. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of not wrong. Yeah, um, I imagine that boy like bit. the long black hair, and also it's David, so He's it's great. a little bit more fancy looking. I've described him a very particular way. He's like kind of grayish hair and a bit of a bit of a beard. Um, but I always only ever see David now because of David. He's just sitting on top of the <laughs> anyway. on top of the thing, and he's like. Balance. Did I tell you about my pony that I named Butt Stallion? Butt Stallion. <laughs> Butt Stallion. It's made of diamonds. I uh, named your ponies. <laughs> this one's Butt Stallion. It's no longer Piper and Fernando. It's Butt Stallion and Butt Stallionette. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, right? Isn't that the last? Yes. Yeah. I literally Thank just you. finished playing Borderlands 2 for like the third time. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That makes Tiny Tina Demi. <laughs> that makes sense. Clearly, clearly, um, yeah, clearly. Are you looking for a D&D podcast that'll make you laugh? How about one that'll make you cry? Sweat profusely with stress and anxiety because of a flippin' mule? Taking Initiative is a Dungeons & Dragons 5e actual play podcast with an audio drama feel. These episodes are scored, character-driven, and filled with utter bullshit. Mostly because of Nick, let's be honest. Featuring special guests, Adventure Maidens, D&D is for Nerds, and more. Plus, we're in Wizards of the Coast podcast of series. Welcome, everyone. It's your pal, Ray Ray. That was an interesting time you had, Nick. I pat the horse on the rump. Thank you, great-grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> he just said his hopes and dreams. He didn't cast a spell. You gotta get down deep and lift from the knees. So that's the only big organ he has. <laughs> Damn. Taking Initiative. Look us up on Twitter at TI underscore pod and on our website, takinginitiativepodcast.com. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.